And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We are not good. What? We are not good, Chef. No? What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Put it in the corner! Why the f*** do I watch this game? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie, or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Um, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, how, how you doing? Um, Coach Ditka versus the Hurricane, who would win? Ditka, Ditka. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the Hurricane is Hurricane Ditka. Here they are. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in Hogan Johns with you as the off season begins. A big one. And we're jumping in, Johnsy, and welcoming in the fish man today. No, no, you, you can't call it hello, Kevin. You can't call it the off season. I, I made this mistake by once going up to John Fox at the airport on the way to the senior ball. I'm like, how are you enjoying your off season? He goes, Adam, the season's still going on. I go, oh, yeah. You didn't make the playoffs. You didn't make a run at the Super Bowl. So he uh, was not happy to talk to me that one time at the bar at O'Hare. So don't call it the offseason yet. Although the I, I feel like I feel like John Fox enjoyed some offseason activities during his regular season. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no. We don't believe you. All right. Um well, if my voice can survive this show, we've been struggling a little bit this week. We'll we'll get we'll, everything good. This is your Jordan flu game. Yeah, I f- except it feels like it's been like five of those in a row now. Um, and it's also weird because I feel completely fine, but we're just we're we're fighting through. Maybe we're talking a little bit too much, Bears. I don't know. Bragg somehow wrapped me on, wrapped me into some other show we did last night with Corey Wooten. It was good. But, uh, you know, at some point I probably need to stop talking, but that's not going to be for the next hour or so as we break down what's been going on in, uh, at Hallis Hall or what's not been going on. Quite frankly, we welcome in Kevin Fishbane to the show today. Always good to have Kevin in here. You can follow him on Twitter at K Fishbane. Of course, read him in The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you can go to subscribe if you are not already subscribed. And of course, get all of Johnsy's coverage there as well. I know he's got a new column up this morning, too. Um, We probably need to put a bow on the game from Sunday night. Another loss to the Packers. Um, I want to ask you guys, were you both at House Hall yesterday? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, What did you take away from the vibe there? It seemed cheery to me. And I wasn't there. Well, That's why I'm asking you guys. You guys I, are the I ones there. I, I never got the cheery vibe. No, no, okay. I, I never got that. No, I think that because it's funny, Hog. I just got someone tweet that. I mean, because I, I did do like a story compiling some of the quote, maybe cheery quotes from the locker cleanout, which you, you tend to get when a team's got optimism. I, I think what was more reflective of how these guys feel was the locker room in Lambo on Sunday. I mean, that was. That was guys sitting in their lockers, heads down. That was guys declining to talk to the media. That was frustration, disappointment, anger. Like I think, yeah, that that was probably more noteworthy. You know, locker cleanout. It's. I thought yesterday was standard. I just thought it was a little bit uh, worth pointing out uh, how much these guys like each other. Now, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean anything in terms of, like, are they going to be good next year, all that stuff. But I just – I mean, we, we have all three of us have been around locker cleanout for bad teams, and the vibes aren't necessarily good. We cover the 2013 locker room cleanout day. So that would be the end of the 2012 season. 
where that locker room was just notified of Lovey Smith's firing by Lovey Smith, where we spoke to Devin Hester within minutes of of him hearing that news from Lovey himself, and he was in tears. You know, so like that's always in the back of your mind when you're covering these things. Like that's the standard for like judging emotions to me. We were there during locker room cleanout where Phil Emery held like an impromptu press conference for 10 seconds and read a, a lyric from who Kev, who was the, the artist? Carrie Newsom, Carrie yes. newcomer, Carrie newcomer, newcomer, Carrie newcomer, yeah. mm-hmm. um, literally like eight words and then was gone. So we've covered some, some days. <laughs> so we, we've covered some, some interesting locker room clean out days. This felt like, you know, I, I guess it depends who you talk to, because I think if you spoke to Mercedes Lewis, who's in his 18th, this 18th season, like, his vibe was a lot different than DJ Moore's, even though they're just a few locker room stalls apart. Like, I think it depends on which player you were talking to in that moment. Well, okay. I mean, and and obviously I wasn't in either place. On, I wasn't there on Sunday night either. Um, it just seemed, uh, I don't know. It just seemed like the, as I'm trying to relate this back to the game on Sunday so we can all just tie it up. I just, I, I, the way they played surprised me. I, I thought that would be a much closer game. I did pick the Packers to win, but I did not expect it to be like basically from kickoff to the end, clearly the Packers being the better team. And, you know, I go back to us talking to Cole Komet way back in, what was that, week 11? Where we asked him, what's the biggest game left on the schedule? And he said, oh, that Packer game at the end of the year. When they were still in a playoff hunt. I mean, he could have given the politically correct answer, been like, oh, the next one we have on Sunday. And it was like, no, you got to go beat the Packers. And then they just didn't. I, I thought that that would, I don't know. I guess I just thought that would result in a better outcome. And obviously, um, it didn't. So I was just surprised by that. And um, I, I guess what's your takeaway of just the like, yet another loss and what's become, I mean, barely a rivalry, quite frankly. Go ahead, Kev. Well, I said this to John's on our way into the locker room that uh, my record covering Bears Packers games, the Bears are three and nineteen, mm. which means and we're three and twenty-one. <laughs> yeah, you guys are three and twenty-one. So we're lost the problem. Twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's kind of you know somebody asked, uh, I think it was Herb Howard asked Matt Eberflus like, does it get to a point where this is a mental hurdle more than a physical uh, of you know, I think if you look at the game, though, that was just, it was a team that got out coached. Um, I, I mean, I just thought Green Bay had a great plan on both sides of the ball. Even Jaquan Brisker said, like, he kind of wondered why they weren't playing more coverage. Um, you know, I, I, I took that uh, to you two coaches as, as, as tighter coverage from the corners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, giving like, it was just, you know, obviously big windows for Jordan Love to throw. I saw. I like ran this stat. Uh, the, the offense had 48 plays, which is like an incredibly few. Like it's happened to the Bears 12 times in the last 11 years, and they're two and ten in those games. And four of those 12 times have come with, come with Justin Fields at quarterback. Um, oh. So just it's just a sign of the offense. Just you know, it's weird because they they only had six possessions. It was just a strange game, but I, I thought. I thought Green Bay just had a much better game plan. Um, and obviously their quarterback did a much better job executing their game plan. And the Bears quarterback didn't do it. He was fine, but he had no time. No receivers. Just Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, look, obviously we – it seems like most people have moved on to uh, the offseason already and what the hell is going on at House Hall. We saw Jim Harbaugh win the national championship last night. Um I guess we need to talk about what I would just consider the silence coming out of Hallis Hall right now, and and what it possibly means. Johns, what do you what do you take away from the fact that we're recording this at nine oh six on Tuesday morning, and um, really nothing has come out of Hallis except for what the players said as they cleaned out their lockers. It's strange, right? Usually there's some type of schedule out just in terms of when the the head coach president whomever is, is meeting with the media when they're they're having their season ending news conference there's not even that email out yet we don't know when that is i think it might be tomorrow wednesday maybe it's thursday like my understanding is is you know 
Friday, everybody's going their separate ways. Um, so it's it's more than intriguing, and it leaves the door open for like everything, right? Like, are the Bears just waiting for Jim Harbaugh? Is Kevin Warren really going through everything right now with with Ryan Poles? Are they watching film of Caleb Williams? Like, what is going on? Um, I do imagine, like, I do believe um, that there's a lot of information gathering right now. But like, what? Like, how is is Flus gathering that information? It just seems strange to me that you would allow head coach to go through a full day of exit interviews with the GM at his side and then fire him a couple of days later. And I, I would understand it if maybe if it's Jim Harbaugh, but at this point, if it's not Jim Harbaugh, bring us in the house off for a news conference. What well, one theory I had, and this is not like sourced or anything. I'm just kind of speculating here because we are underway in speculation season for the next four months for everything. I wondered maybe. if, I, I wonder if Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles, maybe George McCaskey too, sit down and say, okay, what is our plan at quarterback? And they discuss that plan. And then they bring in Matty Rufus and they say, this is our plan. What's your vision? How do you see yourself handling this? And then the follow-up to that is, what's your plan at offensive coordinator? How are you going to fix these things? And if what Matt Eberflus says in this meeting does not vibe with what Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren want, maybe then we see some news. I think that maybe this is just an opportunity for everybody to make sure to make sure they're on the same page. Because what if Ryan Poles, again, this is total like hypothetical, so it's really responsible reporting journalism here. But what if the you know well, let's say the Bears say to Matt Eberflus, hey, what's your plan, offensive coordinator? Ibrahim was like, my plan is to keep Luke Etsy. And the Bears say, and his bosses say, that's not good enough. Medirubu says, well, tough. That's what I think is best. You know, I'm just like, like they're, I think that I'm guessing, like that. that's just a theory, that maybe these guys just need some days to make sure they're on the same page and then they can move forward. And I would expect them to get on the same page. Yeah. But that, that's just one theory about why this is going to take a couple of days. Yeah, just in terms of like the timeline of things, like this is different from last year because correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin Warren wasn't officially like in, in the building full time yet, right? He didn't start well, to April. Right. Well, and not only that, it wasn't even announced until a week later. I think yeah. it was January thirteenth, maybe. Um, we went through the end of season polls fluce press conference, and then it leaked that weekend. I wanna say you guys, the athletic reported it. Um and then the Bears confirmed it shortly after that, and then we had a press conference the following week with Kevin Warren. But at this point, Kevin Warren wasn't even a, a thing. Like, it, we had no idea that that was even coming. What we did know, and I look back, and and, and just for listener background here, um, the Bears told us on Sunday at the last game, or there was an email that went out, that there was going to be a locker room clean-out day, and then Tuesday there was going to be a press conference with Poles and Eberflus. So that's a very different... That's different than this year. We we know that. And there has been no press conference announced, again, as of now, 9-10 on Tuesday morning. And to me, it's very simple. That means some changes are being at least pondered. Now, this may still end up with everybody coming back, but there's at least... Because... You to me, you can't. Everybody out there in the public right now is talking about Jim Harbaugh this morning. Okay, that's an unfair position to put your head coach in, who's under contract right now and currently your head coach. If everybody knows he's coming back, why would you do that? And even if they've already told Flus he's coming back, why would you leave your fan base in this situation? Then. There's no point. You would just tell everyone what's going on. So the fact that there has been silence to me makes it very simple. At very minimum, they're having some tough discussions about where this whole thing's headed in the future. I still think most of this is going to end up with them coming back. Maybe Getsy's out. Who knows? But there's otherwise, to me, there's no point in just leaving the silence going on right now. Well, I, th- I think you brought up on our past show, like Kevin Warren putting a stamp on things. This is part of the process of, of him doing the stamping, isn't it? Yeah. Like th- this is 
like we all read that long profile on him, right? By by the Chicago Bears, ChicagoBears.com, right? Like at no point in there was there like like he he, he talked Ryan Poles a little bit, but there wasn't a lot of like football operational stuff going on in that story. Well, it's almost nine thirty, so he might be washing his car right now. Yeah, that was in there. At I was gonna say, he's already been. A, he's well, already I, been I would for tell him the wait for the snow is over yeah. because you know with the, the salt and the stuff. And anyway, he knows he's he's from the Midwest. Like, but anyway, like, no, oh, thanks, Hogue. You, 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 maybe <laughs> come on. I was gonna get a car wash joke in there somewhere. It's yeah. too good. Um, but this is him. You know, inserting himself into football operations now. Right. This is him. Being with Ryan Poles every step of the way, probably having different conversations with Ryan Poles than he is with Matt Eberflus. It's it's you know to me like the the whole thing through this like the driver of all this like the change driver like it has to be like what happens at quarterback. So it's getting that feedback and that exit interviews is getting feedback from Luke Getzey, Andrew Janoko, it's getting feedback from even defensive coaches, it's asking around the league about Justin Fields like this. That's the monumental. The decision here, right, is what happens at quarterback with the first pick. And I think if we've learned something about Kevin Warren, he's going to be methodical. He's going to be patient. He wants every answer, every stone unturned to find the best answer for his team at that position. Well, and Hogue, you brought up a good point about, like, this idea that you're kind of leaving flu stangling a little bit. But I do think it speaks to... You know, again, I, you guys both hit on this. I mean, I think this is a Kevin Warren effect going on. This is a different type of way to end the season. That, uh, however, he wants to handle it. But I, I don't know how much the Bears really care about, like the fan. I, I think to them, like Matty Brufus is still under contract, as you said. So he's still the head coach. There's no reason they don't have to announce that he still is the head coach because he's here. They just have to figure out when their press conference is going to be. And like, I, I think that there are conversations that like, there have to be conversations going on about the future to make sure that they are all, you know, figuring out what they want to do. But I, I think we've learned over the years that social media, um, speculating rumor mills, all that stuff doesn't really phase this team. I think it should more often than, than it does. Um, but I, I don't, I think that they're just going to try to just, insulate themselves and operate as like everything's normal. A couple other um, examples from past years that I want to bring up just so, cause it, it, to be honest, this has been different most years. It seems like there's never consistency to how this is handled and that's fine. Every year is different. Um, 2019. I forget which day of the week it was. Um, it might, I feel like it was the next day. It might've been Monday right after the game, but um, they, had a press conference, Pace and Nagy, and then they fired Mark Helfrich right after that press conference. After answering questions about who was coming back and who wasn't, they had no answers, and then it came out right after the press conference that Helfrich and a couple other coaches were not coming back. I want to say one of those coaches was Frank Smith, who's now the OC in Miami and might be getting head coaching. No? Wrong year? Wrong year. That's John Fox. Okay. It I was, thought he stuck uh, it around was, for Yeah. No, we had it was after the 19th season ended. We sat we had our pace and Nagy sit down and there were lots of questions about coaching changes. They all said they're still working through it and then we I think we like had just sat down at our desks and John's elbows me and says, "Yes, they just fired Telford Sheestan Gilbreth. Yeah, yeah that's broke the news. Was. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there my, was my that, first reaction, like, that, like, like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. it was like ninety seconds after we were done in the press conference. Yeah, so maybe they want to get all of that, you know, those ducks in a row before they do a press conference. Completely understand that. That'd be nice. um, now the following year, I think, is a little bit more similar to this year, which, which is, is scary. Yeah, which it's was not a good sign. They basically had a 48 hour deliberation period there was silence there was definitely us doing a podcast during the silence probably having the same conversations we're having right now about what it all meant and then eventually they said ted phillips george mccaskey are going to have a press conference and if i remember right i I guess i could probably go find back the, the email but i don't think they announced what was going on until that press conference started and then they said, Ryan Pace, 
Matt Nagy are returning. And then we talked to Pace and Nagy after that too. Now this was all over Zoom because it was during the pandemic. Um, and that was, of course, the, you know, the very unfortunate press conference Zoom call with uh, George McCaskey and Ted Phillips. I think we haven't won enough under the leadership of George McCaskey, and that's what we're working on. Have we gotten the quarterback situation completely right? No. Have we won enough games? No. Everything else is there. And then, of course, the year later, they fired everyone. Anyway, so... After drafting a new quarterback. (laughs) Yes. After bringing everybody back and then drafting Justin Fields, who may have just played his last game already in a Chicago Bears uniform. This is why all this matters because the order in which this franchise does things is often bizarre. And I think one of the defenses of those saying... Now, it wouldn't be a complete clean house, but, you know, start over here would be there's a lot of sense in the idea of even if you're keeping Ryan Poles, you now have your CEO, you have your GM, you could start over at quarterback, then get the new coaching staff in here. Just get this thing in right order, finally, instead of everything being backwards where you go quarterback, head coach, GM, CEO. Or I guess quarterback, GM, head coach, C- CEO. You know what I mean? Like this is just—I no, I don't you're know. Going quarterback, head coach interviews run by Bill Polian with three finalists: hire GM, three finalists, pick one: Matt Eberflus, Kevin Warren. <laughs> yeah, and three fifths of the hiring committee no longer work at House Hall. <laughs> yeah. True, which, which I feel like doesn't get talked about enough. So, Hogan, you want the timeline from the twenty end of the 2020 season. I have found the timeline. Oh, boy. Here we go. Uh, on Sunday, January 10th at 11 p.m., uh, we found out that players would be available over Zoom on Monday, and it said postseason media availability for Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy will be announced later in the week. So that was late, late Sunday night. And then I believe it was late Tuesday night that – the Athletic broke the news that the Bears were going to need a new defensive coordinator, and then the Bear, and then we started to hear that everybody was coming back. And then Wednesday morning, January thirteenth, eight a.m., we get the postseason press conference alert. The ten a.m. we were going to hear from George, Ted, Ryan, and Matt. That was on Wednesday. That was Wednesday. It felt longer, didn't it? Yeah, it felt like a long time. Like Sunday, essentially Sunday, 11 p.m. to Wednesday, 10 a.m. So, but definitely felt, uh, definitely felt longer. Well, in the sports world, 48 hours, 72 hours is a long time, right? I mean, these games are digested, even in like from a coach's standpoint. I mean, they're like the last game's put to bed. They're moving on to the next opponent. Um, if you're just going off like the head coaching cycle, like Arthur Blank, Wasted no time firing Arthur Smith Sunday night. One. Yes. Yeah. Black yeah. Monday started and they were like, that's enough. Boom. We waited long enough. One minute. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. See ya. See ya. You know, um, I guess that's the NFL. It's just the cycle that we all try to, to function in. But yeah, it seems like a big, big bunch of due diligence being done at Alice Hall right now. Which is fine. Yeah, I- yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I don't I I wanna like I mean I get know, right. I know I sometimes talk in a mocking tone, but I do think this this feels a lot different than what happened three years ago. It just feels like this is like they just want to make sure everybody knows what they're doing, they're on the same page, they have the same vision. And if, if Maddie Rose is still a head coach, they gotta come with a you know, a unified presence and, and know who's coming back and who's not before they talk to us. And and that's good. Um it's just as I said, like you know, normally when a coach comes back, you them. But then you also have the problem. Like I think Dennis Allen, for example, spoke yesterday, and there was still some questions in his press conference. Do you think you're going to be back? Like Bill Belichick spoke yesterday, and we all know all the questions there. So you also don't want that. Like you don't want to have your head coach do the whole media song and dance the day after the season and then decide. So I, 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 I think this could be a good thing. It's just, it's just kind of. Different and it leads us to have a podcast here where for the past 15 minutes we've been trying to figure out what's going on. 
Yeah. Well, I think the fans are too. So, um, well, we'll see what happens. So maybe we'll get some type of announcements by tonight that, uh, or maybe the athletic will report tonight that Chuck Pagano is leaving the bears for the Pat McAfee show. Well, maybe that's, we didn't have that part of it yet. Well, you, come on. You couldn't see into the future? <laughs> Not that far. Hoag? 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 McAfee getting shouted out by Jimmy Kimmel last night. Did you guys see that? that was Shouting fun. out is, uh, yeah. Def- that was definitely a shout out. That was, uh, uh, I enjoyed it. F*** you, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> That's right. Um, that was basically what Jimmy Kimmel said, for being honest. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, okay, let's uh, let since you know I, I think the conclusion and all that is that we all believe tough discussions are being had. Probably means that certain people have not been confirmed that they're coming back next season, and I think we probably all agree. Unless one of you guys want to jump in and object, that most likely it still means Flus is coming back. But um, we'll we'll have to see here. What we what we also had planned on this episode besides your voicemails. Um, and I know the uh, bleep button got a, quite a workout uh, in those voicemails after another loss to the Packers. I'm sure we hit the over. I think, what, what was the over-under set on the voicemails? It was like very low. It was oh, it's too low. 23 and a half. I mean, we blew that one out of the water in terms of the voicemails that came in. But we have a bunch of questions that John's uh, solicited 
on Twitter yesterday. And um, Johnsy, I guess I'll let you take kind of take that over. And we're going to have Fishbane and Walt chime in on this. But um, yeah, a bunch of questions here from the listeners. Do you want to do voicemails first or, or end the show with the voicemails? What do you want to do? We could do voicemails here. Yeah, People probably want to hear these. Let's say goodbye to the Packers. Let's, let's move on. Okay, hit, hit the voicemail button. Wait, we're saying goodbye to the Packers? They're gone? Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! couple hours to kick off here. I don't have a good feeling about this game because why would I? Um, but you know what? I'm going to cherish watching Justin Fields play what could potentially be his last game as a Chicago Bear. Win or lose, whatever's next for him. I'll always love Justin. Always a bear, bear now. Uh, now that Disney's copyright expired, I can welcome on a very special guest to say a few words about the game. Hey, Hogan Johns. It's me, Mickey, from Mickey's Playhouse. I'm sitting down on my couch watching with Pluto. Huh? I just wanted to say a few words. F*** the Packers. Good luck, bears, and bear down. Love you guys. Shout out to Trenton Gill today for uh, the first time this year. He has pinned a punt within the 10-yard line. Why the f*** do we choose the Packers game for our defense to regress and our O-line to turn into a wet paper bag? Come on, guys. What the hell? Really enjoyed seeing Matt LaFleur toss his headset because his guy didn't know the rules of getting out of bounds. For once, we beat them on a technicality for a play. Let's go Bears. Hey, this is Kevin. First time, long time. Uh, it is halftime. Great way to end the half, but I, I am I'm nervous. I, I'm wearing my Hogan Johns t-shirt, my Peanut Tillman uh, jersey, intercept, Mr. Love. Tyreek, you're, you're my only hope. It's halftime now, and I think Jim Harbaugh is not sounding too bad right now. Go Bears. I do remember a couple years back when Eddie Jackson was caught on a live mic saying, don't tackle, uh, you know, the, the secondary not to tackle. Yeah, well, we just saw him do it once again. Get him the hell out of Chicago. Dude, what in the fuck is going on with Eberflus and this whole staff, man? It's like every time there's an important game, they just fold like a house of cards. Have we all been in a collective delusion about Flus having really turned the defense around and made it something special? Apparently the only pair that showed up to play was uh, Cairo Santos. I'm sorry, Carlos Santos. And uh, fire the team in with the fucking sun. Hoagie Cat, John Z. Bear, Stevenson is my guy. Lock him up. Ten-year contract. That's my jersey next next year. Bear fucking down. Bear down. Bear down. Bear down. It's January against our arch rival, and Justin Fields has the football. I think this is about as close to as definitive answer as we're going to get. So let's find out what happens. The Packers, man. Came into this game so full of hope. Green Bay looks better in every aspect. Go Bears, but f- the Packers. Fields threw no passes in the third quarter. That's zero. What a f***ing waste of time the third quarter was, guys. Is it too much, too much to ask that we get a quarterback that's at least 75% of any Packers quarterback? This is embarrassing. Let's be honest. The highlight of this game has been the commercial promoting the Masters Golf Tournament in eight weeks. This is why the Bears lose f***ing football games against the Packers, because field goals don't be touchdowns. The Packers score touchdowns. The Bears score f***ing field goals. What the f***, reps? Jesus f***ing Christ. Every f***ing week. F*** you. Damn. Go Bears. Fire. Everybody into the sun. Hoggy Cat, John Z. Bear, Bob Dabrowski calling in from the deepest pit of sadness in the universe. The Bears have lost to the Packers again. Put that on repeat for 10 f-ing times in a row. Whatever. Um, hopefully this is the end of Eberflus. Uh, 
doesn't feel like it, but it's got to be. I mean, whatever, you know. Sounds like the Bears are just going to be the Bears and draft a quarterback on a lame duck coach, fire Ibufus next year, start again with the second-year quarterback in year two in 2025, and here we go again. Anyway, whatever. See you guys uh, later. Hey, Bears fans, B-Man here. That was a really depressing ending to a season that could have ended on a huge high note. That number one pick is worth a bunch. Let's keep building around Justin. Bear down! Oh, man. B-Man planting his flag. He is Team Justin. Maybe he's the one who who, uh, put those signs outside House Hall yesterday. And then that other guy came and ripped them all away, which was... What was that? I don't know. It was um a it glimpse was, was into what the, what's that? Was it a bit? Like was maybe he maybe that person who ripped them down was the same person who put them there in the first place? Ooh. Yeah. It was just uh, I, I I was it was interesting driving. I mean, this is a longer story for another day, but like the the fan bases feelings about Justin Fields are like, I mean, I don't think any of us have seen anything like this. Um, in terms of support for just like, quarterbacks yeah, just that's like, probably not coming back. It's usually the yeah. opposite. I feel like. Right. Yeah. Like I think at this it's, point uh, with, with Trubisky, most people were out, but then the bears did bring him back. Now, granted they didn't have the number one pick. If they had the number one pick, they probably would have moved on faster, right. but it's yeah. uh, it's just been it's been uh, it's been fascinating. Yeah. All right. Well, Johnsy's having some technical difficulties. Uh, we'll bring him back in here in a second. But meanwhile, um, also I just real quick on the bow on the uh, voicemails. We appreciate everybody calling in. We the voicemail segment um, has been part of this show like really since the beginning of the podcast, and um, a lot of the same people have been calling. Um, I don't know how old B-Man is. Like, I feel like he was probably barely alive when the voicemail segment started um, or at least couldn't talk yet. Um, so he has grown up before our very eyes. Bob Dabrowski has grown up before our very eyes too. Um, and I don't like hearing Bob sad. So if the Bears could fix that, we would appreciate it. the Packers, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, go Bears. Yeah, because a sad Bob is just, it's not a good Bob. But um, John's you good? Yeah, I, I think um, it took a few seasons, but uh, my mic just finally went. went it's done. It's okay. done. Didn't have to throw it or anything. It's just you should have done. chucked it just for fun. It would have been kind of hilarious video. <laughs> On video, <laughs> you just spiked it and said, "Get the hell out of here." It came disconnected at least three times, even though it's connected. But yeah. it's toast. It's done. We'll get a new one. Okay. All right, well, we'll get all that set up. We can still hear you, so we're good. Let's get to some of these questions um, and that that we have set up. Uh, John, do you want to set these up? All right, these are all from X, from Twitter. This is from U.S. Coys, USC Oys. I don't know. Do you think Ryan Poles sees the 2024 draft as his Mahomes opportunity? Seeing as he was heading the college scouting department when they drafted Mahomes and Casey, I'd imagine – that he has confidence in himself to evaluate a true generational QB. Do you agree? First of all, on the Twitter handle, I think I surprisingly know this one. Now, it could be completely off base, but I believe the Coys is come on you Spurs, which is a Tottenham reference, and that's probably U.S. Coys as in like the United States fans of this of Tottenham. I don't know. Very good. I'm guessing. I think. I think. But to answer the question, actually, Kev, I'll let you go first. Well, I think that you could argue last year was also the, like, I mean, Ryan Poles looked at every quarterback, too. Yeah. I mean, he watched Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and those guys, and he said he needed to be blown away. He wasn't, and they traded the pick. So I, I think this is the same Miller situation where he's going to be looking at every quarterback and deciding if one of these guys can be the answer for the Bears. What I like about this conversation is that Williams, Caleb Williams, has been compared to Mahomes just in terms of what he can do, like with the play after the play, when things are extended and everything breaks down and just the magician he becomes. 
back there. Um, if anyone would, would know if that can carry over, it, it's Ryan Poles because the Kansas City Chiefs, they were like the only team who believed that Mahomes can carry that over into the NFL. So yeah. if, if Ryan Poles is confident that Caleb Williams can, can do the same thing, then then it makes 100% sense. Like it makes complete sense to take him first overall, right? Yeah, I, I think, well, first of all, I, I appreciate the question, and I do think it's relevant because I think what we've, and there's been some great stories written, you know, since the Chiefs drafted Mahomes, really detailing. While well, the stories are written here in Chicago about what the Bears screwed up, uh, there's been some great stories written about what the Chiefs did right throughout that scouting process. And just the fact that Poles was there, how involved he was, whatever, like he was there. He got to witness it and and you know, be in the building to learn those lessons. I think what was most impressive is they took a quarterback and we're already hearing some of this on, on Caleb Williams, which I agree with the stuff that Johnson was just talking about and how he can, you know, ad lib and make all these plays off schedule. What the chiefs did with Mahomes was they somehow figured out and all that, what Mahomes could do on schedule. And that with all the amazing things he did on the run, left-handed throws, whatever, he could be a pocket quarterback. And to me, that's the big question with Kayla Williams. And that's the area where whatever polls learned from Holmes' situation, can he see through all the amazing highlights that's on Kayla Williams' film and really dial into that? which is what Mahomes does so well. He can command an offense. He can run an offense. He can play in the pocket when he needs to. And yes, he can do everything else that that, that was obvious on his Texas Tech film, which makes him special too. If there's one important difference that I think we have to, to point out is that the situations are, are different where the Chiefs traded up to number 10 to get Mahomes, right? But that offense was already producing at a high rate. It had pro bowlers at receiver, at tight end, on the offensive line. Um, it had an emerging head coach as an offensive coordinator, Matt Nagy. Like Alex Smith had his career best year when Patrick Mahomes was on the bench as a rookie, right? So that was an amazing situation that, you, that the Chiefs had building into for Patrick Mahomes, and Mahomes was the one who took them to the next level when obviously things had kind of plateaued for Alex Smith, um, specifically in the playoffs. But I do. I, I don't know if you guys agree with me. Like, just in terms of the situations like that the Bears' young quarterbacks have walked into, this is a pretty good one. DJ Moore is here. Cole Komet is here. You have Braxton Jones. You have Darnell Wright. You have a defense who could be your best friend for a bit. The biggest questions I have is, is who's calling plays, who's making the decisions, who's helping in the evaluations that actually lead to Caleb Williams or Drake May. Hey, do you guys want to know who uh, was surrounding um, Mitch Trubisky for his first start as a bear? Um, let me see if I can. Was one of them Trey McBride? Kendall Wright was one. Uh, I don't even know. Is I, that, did I even get that name right? Trey McBride, I believe, is the Arizona Cardinals uh, tight end. Oh, who am I thinking of? Who am I thinking of? You're thinking about that guy who had that one big catch in New Orleans. Yeah, who is um, that? He I, was maybe he was Trey McBride without the Y. I think he was. There, there but, was a Trey McBride. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. No, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, Kendall um, Wright was on. Kendall Wright. Yeah, Tariq Cohen. Uh, yeah, Trey McBride. Trey McBride had three catches for 92 yards against the Saints um, that year. So yeah, you had. Um, Zach Miller, Deion Sims are your tight ends. Deontay Thompson, Marcus Wheaton, Kendall Wright, Josh Bellamy, Trey McBride were your wide receivers. Yuck. Yeah, so just in terms of... Offensive, offensive line was not... It was massy, long, white hair sitting Leno. Not it's, terrible. It's not uh, bad. It's not bad. Group to work behind. Um, but no, like, I mean, skill positions, lame duck head coach, thrown in week five when, you know... Probably weren't ready. I think this is everyone's concern, though, right? Like, are, are they about to do it again? That's why, like, I think the talent is better for the Bears. I, I really do. And I think they're in a great position to upgrade it, even if you do take 
the quarterback number one overall. But who's calling plays? Who's who's designing the offense? And like even before that, like who's your 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 offensive coordinator is going to help evaluate these quarterbacks coming out. Well, relating that to how we started this show, I mean, I I I think that's a big reason why there's silence from Hallis Hall right now because they got to get this shit lined up. Yeah, like you know, if the plan, let's say the plan is, let's just hypothetically say the plan is, like it sucks, but we're done with Justin. Caleb Williams, our guy. How do we make sure we have the right coach? Because you're right. I think I think from a roster standpoint. The one advantage that if the Bears do draft a rookie quarterback, this is not Bryce Young going into that awful Panthers situation where they literally are trading away his number one wide receiver while acquiring him. Like, there's there's stuff here for Caleb Williams or Drake May to work with, but who's coaching? Like, you got to make sure you get the coaching right because I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to tell you right now, I will lose my mind if they draft Caleb Williams and they're hiring a new head coach a year from now, if they go down that road again, I swear that is just like, then fire everybody or just get rid of the organization. Because how do you make that mistake again? And if I'm Kevin Warren, that's why these conversations that have been going on right now, hopefully over the last 24, 48 hours, whatever it is, you can't let that happen again. So you have to be absolutely sure if you're bringing this coaching staff back, you get the right offensive coordinator, and you better than you know you will not be having to hire a new head coach next year. Yeah, I, I mean, you hit it because I think that if you're, if, if this is probably not going to happen on Wednesday or Thursday, right? But let's say Ryan Poles and Matt Eberfuss are both sitting up there, and Ryan Poles says, We're going to move on from Justin, we're going to draft a quarterback. The first question is, Why? is Matt Eberfuss the right head coach for that quarterback? Like, what has he shown you to prove that he can install an infrastructure that can properly develop the number one pick? Because you have to get this right. You have to get it right. And that's like, like and I'm, I'm with you. I think everything starts with the quarterback. And I, I mean, we were talking about this in October, when everything seemed like we were going to have massive changes, but like once you decide we're doing the quarterback, then you then you decide who your coach is going to be because you can't you can't screw that up. Yeah. Next right. question. Well, yeah, we should get right. through these questions, or we're going to be here for five hours. All right. This is from Cyber Solo X. Which combo is the better combo? I'll go through these slowly. Number one, loose plus Getzy plus Caleb. Only that the new QB must learn new scheme, who actually fits the offensive scheme. Um, Flus plus new OC plus Justin Fields. Entire team needs to learn new scheme. Flus plus new OC plus Caleb. Everyone has to learn new scheme on offense. So that's mm-hmm. Flus, Getzy, Caleb Williams. That's option one. Option two is Flus, new OC. Justin Fields. Option three is Flus, new OC, Caleb Williams. So we're, there's no Flus, Getsy, new quarterback, and there's no new head coach, new OC, new quarterback in this conversation. Well, no, because the first option was Flus, Getsy, Caleb. Yeah. That would be new oh, quarterback. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. Hey, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, here, I'll start. I, uh, I'm going to say something a little controversial here. And then I'm going to actually give you a different answer after I say that. Um, well, no, I'm just going to go. I, I could see Caleb Williams working with Luke Getze. That's the controversial thing I'm saying. And the reason for that is so far, the tape I've watched to Caleb, he does a lot of the things that I think probably inside those, uh, when just the coaches are by themselves and they talk about Justin Fields, that probably drive them a little crazy. And how slow and methodical he can be sometimes in his delivery, and especially in the quick game. One of the things that's all over Caleb Williams' film are these just quick one-two ball out, like sidearm flicks that are on the money on the run. These horizontal, like think back to the Vikings game and how horizontal the Bears were. Like I know it drives fans crazy watching that. It drives me crazy too. But part of the reason why it's frustrating to watch is because the Bears don't run it fast enough. 
Like the ball's not out fast enough to get it to the perimeter to set up those blocks, and it's putting the blockers who are already smaller in a lot of these cases than you want them to be in disadvantage. They're at a disadvantage right away just because the timing of the play developing. So when I watch this Bears offense and I see what Caleb Williams' strengths are, I actually could see Caleb Williams sliding right in with the personnel that's already here that already knows the offense and it working okay. Now, that being said, I think there's also a lot of evidence that shows if you're going to bring Caleb Williams in, you just a same thing. You don't want to have to fire Luke Getze a year from now and have him start all over after his rookie season, even if Flus is around. So it's probably better to start over with the entire thing. But, yeah, I guess that's my long answer. Yeah, on that. The one scenario that I don't even want to cover because I've covered it before is Justin Fields returning with the new offensive coordinator. That is the Jay Cutler story all over again. I, I'm sorry. It, it is. I, I get that Justin Fields has improved slightly in some areas. I get that his teammates love him, but that's the, that's the Jay Cutler story. That is three offensive coordinators in four years for Justin Fields. That's male practice in itself. That's not helping Justin Fields by any means. There's no continuity. I, I get that the he may have that with some of the players, specifically DJ Moore and Cole Komet, but that's just not an ideal situation for, for growth, just learning new language, learning new, new everything, just in terms of what an offensive coordinator wants to do. I don't like that path whatsoever. Yeah, John, I'm with you there. I think if you're deciding your fields as your starting quarterback next year, it's going to be very difficult to keep Luke Getzey from a PR standpoint, but I think it's still probably what's best for the team to to keep that playbook and, and just adjust it and just make changes. I, I just it's hard it's hard for me to picture them up there doing that and announcing that. Uh, but you know, Ho, you make some good points about Caleb Williams and and that that matchup. I do think you know going back to our, our earlier conversation about. Uh, Eberflus with a number one draft pick. There is this little out of the OC in terms of like you could argue, yeah, we believe in Eberflus developing the quarterback, but really we're going to get to hand pick the guy who's going to develop the quarterback. Yeah. We're going to keep Eberflus because of what he's already built here, because of this defense, because of this foundation, and we're not worried about Eberflus working the quarterback because really we're going to engineer this and we're going to pick the guy and, and he's going to be the guy that's going to see this through. So, you know, you like, that's why I could see them going in that direction where it's Eberflus, new coordinator and draft pick and quarterback. By the way, I don't know if I've said this on this show, um, just so everybody's clear, I'm going to pick a different quarterback that I believe should be the right quarterback each month. Mm. So yeah. right now it's Jaden Daniels, January. Yeah. So well, I'm going to be a Jaden Daniels guy for January. Okay. And I believe February, I've already have it. It's already scheduled. February is going to be Drake May. March is going to be ben, ben Bryant. Ben Bryant. Well, I haven't gotten April yet. Oh, okay. Ben Bryant in April. So March will be Caleb Williams. And then uh, April will be uh, TBD. Okay. Um. Now, of course, devil's advocate to what you were just saying, though, and it would be a good problem to have. But what you described where you handpick your OC that's going to lead the new rookie quarterback, if everything goes well, you win 12 games, you're in a situation like the Texans are right now where Bobby Slowick is being requested by every team to interview for their head coaching job. Doesn't mean he's going to get one or leave, but that's... that's, Sorry, go ahead. Well, I would say the CJ Stroud thing is interesting because, like, I think he's a perfect example. Is if you pick the right quarterback, he transcends play call and he transcends who's around him, right? Yeah. Like, you look at that week one Texans lineup in week one, paired with Bobby Slug and D'Amico Ryan's. There's no way you pictured that this was going to, this was a 4,000 yard passer in a team that was going to make the playoffs. Like, that's how good he turned out to be. So, like, ideally, if you take, if you pick the right quarterback, He'll be able to still be great regardless of who his play caller is. And the other thing about DJ Moore, like I get that DJ Moore likes Justin Fields and watched Justin Fields. The whole narrative about DJ Moore was he put up big numbers regardless of who his 
you know, mediocre quarterback was in Carolina. So, like, I'm not too worried about DJ Moore putting up big numbers if he's, you know, with a, a new quarterback. No, he'll do it. I think he just wants stability for once. <laughs> what else? Yeah, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. All right, this is from B. Schultze. I like this one. Here's the one that has nothing to do with head coach, offensive coordinator, or QB. Which player positively surprised you the most with their performance this season? Um, I, I Yeah. Okay, go ahead. You start. TJ Edwards was fantastic. Okay. Like, I thought he'd be good, but not, like, lead the team in tackles in the Pro Bowl conversation. Have better numbers than Roquan Smith good. That was TJ Edwards' season, his first with the Bears. Yeah, I'm gonna um I'm gonna go stick with me here. I'm gonna say Montez Sweat. Because to me, he blew expectations out of the water. I mean, that trade was questioned and rightfully so in the moment. And I think, you know, the hope was that he would give you some help from a pass rush standpoint, but for him to transform the defense the way he did. Um, and really it's like, he jumped into a different stratosphere in terms of how he was viewed as a pass rusher, in my opinion. So I was like, okay, I think this is a decent trade and this will help. But to me, he blew me out of the water with how good he actually was. I mean, he's, he, he different level, like elite level, um, player, that they definitely didn't have anything close to that before he arrived. Uh, I like both those. I thought, you know, there was a moment in late September where I'm thinking, why did they spend this money on Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards? Like, I mean, Edwards was getting tackles the first couple of weeks, but he was not making splash plays. And then he took off. And that was really good to see. Uh, I'll give uh, for Hogue, I'll say Cairo Santos to an extent. I mean, to be able to, at this point in your career, suddenly become this guy who can make 50-plus yard field goals consistently and get all those touchbacks. Like, I thought that was crazy impressive what he did. Um, I'll say Kyler Gordon. I mean, we weren't surprised because we saw Kyler in training camp mm-hmm. and we saw how good he was then. But remember last year, Kyler Gordon? I mean, that was a big question mark to me coming into the season was, you know, I knew having him be just the nickel was probably going to be good. I don't think it would be this good. I thought, I mean, he made some really, really nice plays for this team. I think you feel good about that position moving forward. Um, so, yeah, I'll say, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say Kyler. An important position in, in Flus's scheme. And, like, when, when you see Kyler Gordon wear, like, the Spider-Man stuff and do, like, the Spider-Man celebrations, he strikes me as a player who has fully embraced, like, the Eberflus way. I mean, that that's the nickname Eberflus gave him, Spider-Man. And he's literally wearing like the costume out there all right yeah, in the bus even yeah from from head to toe he's got the mask on he's not taking it off which is pretty funny all right from zach of all trades zach of i think i said that right from zach zach of law trades zach of law trades zach oh, of law lawyer yeah. we got a lawyer here lawyer zach would there be any sign of tell of a talent free agency that could show what polls decides to do with the first pick for example, if they sign a big-name free agent receiver, T. Higgins, for example, would this show they are not drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. and going with Caleb Williams? Yeah, I think I think 100% free agency always adjusts draft needs, um, without a doubt. You know, I think I think if um, – Trying to think of a, of a good example. Like well, last year, if they had if they had signed Mike McGlinchey, bingo, yep. at, who they did look into, and then they just you know that he was he signed with the Broncos for for more money than the Bears were willing to offer. But if that had happened, they're probably not drafting Darnell, right? Um, I think the first tell will be what the Bears do with Lou Getzey, an offensive coordinator. Like that's like the first domino of tells because I think that means Justin Fields is out and then you go from there. Does that make yeah. sense? Then you also, 
the, the number one pick was traded before free agency last year too, which is right. another thing like that, that if they're going down that That's road, tell. <laughs> yeah. Or, or if you're, if you're trading for Justin Fields, you probably want that figured out before free agency too. Like Russell Wilson was traded right around free agency. Forget if I don't think it had started yet. No. So like that was right before free agency too, a couple years ago. So yeah, if you're making these big moves, you want to know who your quarterback is. Um, so if I had a guess, I'm thinking this gets resolved, you know, between the combine and free agency, just like last year with that big trade with the Panthers. All right, next question. This is from T Marsh. Why should I believe that anything this organization does will be the right answer? Um, <laughs> I got nothing. They it could have an option you at, that I don't know yeah. that uh, can be super critical. I think you know when you're out there playing. <laughs> they have given you no reason to believe in them. So yes, I get the uh, sentiment. I kind of um, like the idea of just playing continuous John Fox soundbite to answer this question. <laughs> Siesta and uh, Carlos Santos. They, you know, they didn't get Carlos Santos right. They got Cairo Santos right later. But when he was Carlos, it, it didn't work. So here's, I'll say this. And, you know, you could argue the Bears got lucky the Panthers took Bryce Young and not CJ Stroud. Maybe things would be a lot different if they took CJ Stroud. But when was the last time we could say the Bears won a trade so massively? Mm-hmm. Like it could be. I mean, if Bryce Young continues to struggle, if DJ Mork and Darnell Wright continue to excel, you could throw Tyreek Stevenson in there. Like you could talk about one of the most lopsided trades in recent NFL memory, and it was the Bears that pulled yeah. it off. Yeah, when everybody so, was fired. <laughs> yes, yeah. and so you could you could use that as as some hope. And the Montez Sweat trades worked out pretty well too. So. You know, there's a there's a couple examples there where if you're if there's one guy to trust right now, it feels like that might be Ryan Poles. So last question. This is a fun one from Gabe. If this Bears season were a fast food restaurant, what restaurant would it be? Ooh. This Bears season. I'm gonna go with I, I haven't had Taco Bell in a while, okay. but how about this? I'll go with White Castle. Feels Ugh. good. In, feels good in the moment, but later you feel like shit. <laughs> Does that apply? See, I was thinking of something that would be the opposite, where it starts really bad, like really bad, like really, really bad. But then when it, you know, I don't know when once it's all done, it. But most fast food tastes good in the moment. I know that's why it's a. Uh... Uh, maybe I don't know. That's I say, a real... I, I say this without having Taco Bell in White Castle. I haven't had it in years, but yeah, younger Adam Johns would occasionally stop in there after a night or two. I went to McDonald's and Sheboygan drive-through at eleven o'clock Sunday night. I don't know the last time I did uh, McDonald's. Actually, I know the last time I did McDonald's drive-through it was with you guys on Thanksgiving night on our way home from Detroit. Like three years ago. Is that the night that we got Big Macs and they didn't have the Big Mac buns? Or is that just right. Pat Finley and I? Yeah. Yeah. yeah something. You could make an argument for McDonald's because every time I go to McDonald's, I just I don't feel great about it. But then, you know, it tastes good. And by the end of it, I'm I like, right. by the yeah. end of it, I'm like, okay, that served its purpose. I'm no longer hungry. But also, was that the best idea? So I'm still questioning at the end. I'm still lingering 24, 48 hours later, wondering, you know, am I going down the right road with this? Do I need to make changes? Should I not go back to McDonald's? Should I make a better decision going forward to set myself up for personal success? I think that's the answer. And you always go back. <laughs> Damn it. Yes, that's our thing. You, and you always, yeah, you're right. The standard McDonald's. Yeah. Maybe I'm just thinking of the the Green Bay Packers game too much with my Taco Bell White Castle references, but that's a good one, Adam Hogue. At least you I always came, go back to McDonald's. I came up with the right analogy. Well, we got to leave McDonald's behind. I think is the. I had McDonald's on the way home from uh, 
Wisconsin too. In the morning though, on the way to Hallis Hall. Look at you guys. So what are the chances McDonald's becomes a sponsor of Hogan Johns after this uh, segment? <laughs> hey, uh, we're open to it. Uh, probably not. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Um, that's it for the questions. We got voicemails in. I think we're good to go. Kevin, thanks for jumping on today. Really appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me. Saturday, 11 a.m., Northwestern Wisconsin basketball. In Madison. Yeah. You want to go? Uh, no. No. Fine. Just got rejected. Um, next time we're doing a podcast, what are we talking about? My gut tells me a new offensive coordinator and a whole bunch of quarterback conversations. With very little answers. Okay. I think next time we'll be recapping the Northwestern Wisconsin basketball game. <laughs> Probably not. And also, I'm building up, uh, I will say, I'm building up a list of season-ending fun facts. Oh, boy. Are they going to actually all be fun? Three, all three phases. Some will be fun. Some might not be fun, depending on your view of fun. Okay. I like fun. But uh, we'll, we'll starting starting to get to work on that for uh, uh, later in January. Have you dove into Justin's first six games compared to his last seven? Uh, no. Uh, no. I, I will say I did. I was looking at his stats just in the last seven games, comparing them to the rest of the league, and it doesn't necessarily compare as favorably as some people might yeah. be hoping just, for. We, we talked a little bit about this last night on CSGO, but... Um. Well, You'd the first surprised. six games include like the two of the best games he's had in his entire career. Yeah, so that's that's the thing. Yeah, but all this progress, I don't. Yeah. Anyway, uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns at K Fishbane. Of course, follow the show at Hogan Johns. You can get all our merch at HoganJohns.com. Appreciate all the support, and um, whatever happens this week, we'll probably wait. You know, to do the next episode based on. You know, some news, some news items, some move by the Bears. So we'll stay flexible the rest of the week. Maybe it's Thursday. Maybe it's Friday. Maybe it's earlier if it needs to be. So just stay tuned. We'll, we'll have you covered regardless of what the Bears do. Um, but at this point, we'll probably wait until those moves are made. So make sure you're following us along the way. Let you know what's going on. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. See ya. Go Bears, but f*** the Packers.